I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Welcome to HR Coffee Time, a weekly podcast to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. If we haven't met before, hello, I'm your host, Faye Wallace, a career coach with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. If you heard last week's episode, you'll know that a regular listener of the show called Devon, hi Devon if you're listening, kindly gave me some brilliant ideas on what he thought would be useful for me to cover on the show for you. And hearing from Devon sparked an idea for me, which was to get real HR professionals on the show for you to hear from and to hopefully learn from. So people just like you who are in the midst of their HR careers and working really hard to do the best that they can. To try and find these guests, I emailed everyone who subscribes to receive my free weekly HR Coffee Time emails to ask if they'd be able to talk about any of the topics that Devon had suggested. I'm so grateful to everyone who replied. I was really overwhelmed by the response actually, including the person you're about to meet today, Pam Molyneux. In today's episode, Pam very kindly talks us through what it's like to work for an HR consultancy from the perspective of having worked for a large HR consultancy business and also from the perspective of working as an independent HR consultant. Pam dives into how she made the move from an in-house role to becoming an HR consultant, what she loves about HR consultancy, what the challenges are and what the skills are that you need to become a great HR consultant. So whether you've been toying with the idea of becoming an HR consultant, you already are an HR consultant but would like to hear some tips from someone else who's experienced in this role or you're just curious to hear what Pam has to say because you like listening to the show every week, 
I really hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show, Pam. It's so lovely to have you here. Could we start off by having you introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit about your background? Yes, certainly. Thank you so much for having me as well. My name's Pam. Um, I have had a 25-year career in the HR world, been in very varied roles in that time, worked in in in-house within a business, and then went into a large consultancy firm, then transferred out of that and went back into um, a charity in-house HR role. Um, And now I'm an independent HR consultant running my own business. Fantastic. It's great to hear a bit about your background. And you're very kindly going to be talking to us today about being an HR consultant and working in HR consultancy. So before we properly dive into that topic, I thought it's probably a good idea for us to just clarify what that difference is. So for anyone listening who might be quite early on in their HR career and isn't really sure about the difference between an in-house HR role and an HR consultancy role, would you mind just talking us through what that difference is? Yes, certainly. So in-house HR role, then that is where you would be dedicated to that company and ultimately to that management team and that employee base itself. You may obviously travel about, but you're dedicated to that company. With a HR consultancy role, you tend to have a portfolio of clients uh, depending upon how the, the consultancy is uh, split up. So, for example, when I worked in that large consultancy firm that I referred to, then I had around 50 to 70 clients on my portfolio at any time within the Northwest. Um, and then every so often you might get the project that might have been out of area uh, just because it needed to be picked up. But you're literally going in and out of different companies as part of your role. Whereas I said, the in-house HR one is literally dedicated to that one company and that management team. Wow, I hadn't realised that you can have that many clients that you're responsible. You can see I haven't really done HR consultancy in my time. Yes, and yeah, I mean, the days were always very varied, um, always juggling lots happening with a good team behind me because, again, you know, if all 50 clients on a Monday, for whatever reason, all needed support, then there's literally so much that you can do in one day. So there was always an overspill, if you like, uh, from head office. Um, But yeah, on on my uh, particular territory, then that's the numbers that we would look after. Well, I'm guessing that you must really like HR consultancy as you have now set up on your own as an HR consultant. So what is it that you really love about the work? Um, I think for me, the independence, because even when I was working in that consultancy firm, you still have that independence, you know, you get your client base, you manage your own diary, you know, it's up to you to build those relationships. Of course, obviously, you're working to the company's requirements so I love that independence and that responsibility likewise as well that flexibility around organizing your diary um, and just you know if you're out on the road if it you know if it's a traveling consultancy role then you can organize that um, to where that best suits yourself generally Tuesday Wednesday Thursday would be the traveling days with the Monday and Friday being the admin at home days getting uh, things sorted um, you know on the systems and any paperwork that needs to go out Nowadays, you know, thanks to COVID, 
that on the road element is less you know sometimes it's needed but you know clients are happy to do things remotely nowadays and therefore you can support clients across the whole of the uk and i, I think lastly you know one of the biggest things that i love is that variety no two days are the same doesn't get boring from that point of view one day you could be dealing with all disciplinary cases the day after could be talking about a large change program that a business is facing so yeah for me there's lots to love about that consultancy side of things as you're talking it's also making me think it must be really interesting getting to know about so many different types of businesses it's one of the things i really enjoy about being a coach is that it actually gives me a little bit of a insight into different organizations that I, I'm never going to get to work in but it's just fascinating hearing about the different sectors and industries and challenges and personalities is that something that you quite like as well absolutely and you know that variety as well like you say when you've worked in the in-house positions regardless of what that is whether that be HR finance sales etc when it's in-house obviously you're moving from business to business and you probably do a couple of years before you move on where with the consultancy um, I remember one day that I'd been into a funeral directors in the morning and then in the afternoon I went over to a haulage company and then the morning after I went to a large well-known holiday park so yeah the variety was out of this world really and, and you know it's great to reflect on on the different industry experience uh, that, that I have had over the years and that's really helped me as well with all of that variety and the differences in being in an in-house role to a consultancy role, I'm sure that also brings challenges. So I can hear how much you love the work that you do, but it would be great if you wouldn't mind sharing with us what some of the challenges are in taking on a consultancy role if you have been in an in-house role up until that point. Yeah, I think, I think you know, all, all the elements of what I love about consultancy probably in the early days were, were the challenges. Uh, you know, that variety, for example, going from different industries, they've all got different requirements, they've all got a different culture, they've all got different trends that are happening at that particular time. So there's an expectation by the client when you sat in front of them that you know their business, you know their industry. Um, and you need to be professional about that. You need to do your research uh, before you're going into that business. So I think in the early days, it can feel quite overwhelming. And so it's about taking that one step at a time. Um, and almost, I, I got through that stage by imagining that this is like all of my different management team that I used to have. And every single manager that managed each department had their own requirements, even though they were in the same business just so that it lessened the overwhelm in some respects and that I didn't think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to achieve this. So that's how I managed that and, and got through that. Um, but yeah, I think that the variety of it in the early days can be a challenge. And, you know, still to this day, you know, you've got lots uh, going on, then, you know, it can mean that there's a lot of research, you've got to keep up to date with, with different things as well. And so I think that's just working out a system that works for you and just being connected with the right resources as well so that you know make it easier for you i think probably the other side of that as well um where i said about that independence that flexibility it's juggling all of that so again you know when you're in an in-house position then you know what everybody works to you know the schedule internally where when you've got all different clients to fit in 
they might all only be free on Tuesdays uh, just because that's what their diary looks like. And that then obviously is very difficult when you've got lots that you're dealing with. So I think some of the elements that I love about it in the early days were certainly challenges. So it's just a matter of uh, finding the best way to, to work through those. It sounds like being incredibly organised is going to be key to being a successful HR consultant from what you're saying. What are some of the other skills that you think makes a brilliant HR consultant? Yeah, I think the organisation is absolutely critical because uh, otherwise you can just uh, be buried underneath the, the inbox, the requirements and, and not really get to everything that, that you want to and that you want to achieve with your clients and for yourself. And I think the, the other element of it is is pulling into your research skills. And if, if I liken that to um, investigations that most HR people will get involved in, uh, you know, investigating, not leaving any stone unturned, uh, you know, making sure that you keep asking those questions in that, you know, have I got enough information on this as you would do in an investigation? It's applying the same principle to the consultancy world in some respects in that, you know, if I'm going into um, a manufacturing firm, for example, what is happening there? What different resources can I tap into? Who's within my network that maybe you know I can speak to that is in that industry um, or has been previously um, and just really leaving no stone unturned. So there is that similarity from that perspective. I think that organisation, that research, and I think also as well, listening. I think a lot of the time, we've probably heard it um, many times again, in that sometimes we listen ready to respond rather than listening to really understand what the requirements are, to make sure that you understand the client's requirements. We've got to, we've got to listen, we've got to take that on board, um, and we ultimately we're able to deliver the best service to them. It's so helpful to hear what you think those critical skills are. Now that we've taken a look at what it might be like to be in a consultancy role instead of being in-house, what kind of essential skills are that you need to have to really make a success of that role, I would love to be able to ask you what your advice is for anyone who's listening who's thinking, this sounds great, I think that I want to move into an HR consultancy role. Yeah, I think one of the biggest pieces of learning that I've done myself through the consultancy path that I've taken and ultimately I would recommend for anybody else to really try to get to grips with quite early on is that ultimately it is that person's business that you're sat in, sat in front of so you know whether that be the MD whether that be you know the operations manager who, whoever it is that you're going to see and the influence that you have is best through giving them all the options where when you're in internal you're all probably singing from the same hymn sheet or you know they're all there about you're all on board with that strategy and you know the direction that the business is going in where with the consultancy roles that person that you're seeing your contact they've got many other hats that they've probably got to wear or people that they need to consult with and because you're potentially parachuting in, dipping in, dipping out, etc., you don't necessarily have all of the detail. Of course, you're going to have to learn some of that to be able to make an informed decision and give the best advice. But ultimately, giving them the options of this is absolutely the safest route to take. You're doing this, you're going to minimise the risks as much as possible. 
by going down this route, whilst it's doable, it's a lot more risky. And if you're going to take that route, these are some of the consequences that that might be, whether that be financial consequences, whether that might be impact on reputation, etc. So I think that is one of the biggest mindset shifts that, that I feel that I had to take and, and still do. I've got to remember that it's their decision ultimately. Um, and we don't necessarily have the same influence that, that maybe we do have uh, when we're on that in-house position. We can just give them all the options and then ultimately guide them, um, you know, in, in the best way down that route. Mm, that's so interesting to hear. I can imagine that might feel a bit frustrating sometimes for someone who's not used to that and who has just made the switch. So thank you again for sharing that with us as well, Pam. I'd love to know how you made the transition initially. So I know you were in-house HR to begin with, and then you moved to the large consultancy that you mentioned to begin with. How did you make that move? I'd been in the IT world um, for many years, and uh, one of the senior managers left that business and went to a very similar uh, position in another IT business. And um, I'd been there for a very short period of time and the commute that it should have been turned out to be very different. And I was traveling probably three hours um, a day and that was um, pre having family. Um, and it was just something that I did not want to be doing. And I couldn't envisage myself continuing to do that commute and doing that daily commute. Um, I think when you're traveling about, it's a different, um, you, know, you expect that, but when you're just doing that daily commute, it really wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I was really lucky and um, saw an advert and it was home-based, but you know, regional traveling about. And it was working for a consultancy firm that's well known within the industry. And I thought, you know, gosh, this is like one of those ticket items on the career list. Um, you know, I'd be crazy not to apply because it, you know, it, it satisfied uh, several of those uh, needs. And that's how, that's how I got into the consultancy world. Um, and spent um, nine, ten years in in that world. So you know, it was it was definitely the right decision. Um, and you know, loved loved doing what I did. Well, I think that's probably going to be reassuring for people listening to know that you can just go down traditional routes to get an HR consultancy role if you want to start off by working for one of the larger organisations. But as you can probably guess, that's going to lead me on to my next question, which is how did you decide that you wanted to set up your own HR consultancy and be an independent HR consultant? Yeah, I think as over the years, I'm a great believer that everything that I've done and everything that's happened, whether that be a really positive experience or maybe a less positive experience, it all leads you to a place to where ultimately your dream might be. And I've always had this vision of setting up my own consultancy business at some point. And over the years, when things have gone successfully or, or maybe not uh, within those positions, you kind of build up that position of, of, you know, that thought process of if I was doing this my own way, this is what I would do. And then ultimately, I got to a point in life where if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. There have been some significant personal things that have happened in my life. We've lost quite a few, you know, quite key members of the family. And you start to think about things, don't you? And what, what you're doing with your life. And ultimately, then that's when I decided that that's what I wanted to do. So I took the plunge. Um, I'm supported by my family, which I'm really lucky about. Um, and, you know, for me, it's been the right decision. 
I work hard every single day, no different to what I, I did when I was in, in house roles. And I get the benefits um, off the back of that. So it's definitely been worth uh, making that transition. And I know because obviously I have my own business, that the challenges in setting up on your own are very different to moving into a role where you're working for somebody else. Would you be happy just to share what some of those challenges were around setting up your own business? Yeah, certainly. I, I think the subject matter of HR is something that you know I've got 25 years experience in, and you know you know that you keep up to date with it. You've got ways of, of you know making sure that you're at the top of the game all the time. But the business side of it, never done that before. Uh, something again, those research skills come into uh, play, which is really important. But I, I think. The massive thing with this is surrounding yourself by the people that are experts in what they do. I tried to do it all myself at the beginning, all my accounts, all the setting up with the revenue, social media, everything like that. And there became a time where I could not manage all of that because then the work comes in, you then need to be delivering and you're working in your business. Because otherwise, if you don't, then you're not going to get the bills paid and get the money coming in. So I think that for me was the, the biggest challenge to, to overcome. And it probably took me about nine months before I got to that point of, I need to do something about this now, I can't carry on. So if I had that time again, and if I was you know passing on any uh, lessons learned, it would be surround yourself by those people, by those experts, you know, having that accountant, having you know, social media, um, you know, having the IT people, etc. So yeah, that would be one of the challenges that I faced and uh, you know that those lessons learned that I would pass on to anybody that's thinking about it. <laughs> well, that definitely resonates with my experience as well, Pam. I think me personally, when I decided to work for myself as a career coach, I was just so naive about <laughs> what would be involved in working for myself. I mean, it was many years ago now, so luckily I've learned so much along the way. I think for me, it was the whole marketing and business development piece that I just knew nothing about. I had the coaching skills, but I didn't really know anything about marketing or promoting your services because I think I just thought, oh, yes. I didn't know much about social media at the time. I think all I have to really do is ask my sister, who's brilliant at social media, what I should post. And then everyone will realise that there's this great service they can tap into. And then I'll get clients that way. And of course, that's not really how it works at all. So I think my first year probably in business was just this huge learning curve about the fact that you have to get comfortable promoting yourself and you have to put down some solid foundations, like whether that be a website or materials that you're able to send out to people that explain what your services are. And oh gosh, yes, definitely having an accountant. There's no way I could have attempted to have done all the book work myself. I'm very impressed that you tried covering that whole part of your business yourself, Pam. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I was lucky in my early days, I started out in the finance world. Um, so started doing the qualifications and um, I've done books along the way, just basic accounting for family members and also um, as part of the treasurer role that I used to volunteer in. Um, so that's where I thought, I'll be okay, it'll be fine. Um, but when it came to doing the VAT returns and all the revenue things, I was like, oh, this is scary. So for me, it's, um, it, it's an investment, but it's one that, you know, 
I don't have to worry about, you know, that they just do what they do and do what they do best and I can get on with what I need to do. Absolutely. And the thing that's coming through loud and clear here as well is the variety that you've been mentioning, I suppose, throughout all of our time today. So there's all this variety if you decide to go and work for a larger HR consultancy firm. But then if you decide, oh, actually, I want to set up on my own as an independent HR consultant, well, that brings you variety in a whole other way, because it means you have to learn about running a business as well, which can be a really exciting challenge. Scary at times, but definitely exciting as well. And for anyone listening today, if after hearing all of Pam's experience and advice, you decide to make the switch and either become a consultant in a larger firm or set up on your own, Pam and I would absolutely love to hear from you. It's always amazing to get feedback on the show. So please do get in touch and let us know if this has resonated with you or encouraged you to take any action. But that brings me to not quite my final question, but nearly my final question. As you know, Pam, I always ask every guest if they have got a non-fiction book recommendation. Would you be happy to share what yours is? Yes, certainly. I've always got um, a book on the go and and my current one, it's called The Gap in the Game by uh, Dan Sullivan. And it's all about high achievers. And basically, the, the essence of it is that the, the gap is all about where uns, unsuccessful people might focus their time and attention on, and the game is where successful people focus on that and, you know, always pushing forward even when there's challenges. So, uh, yeah, that's certainly one that I'm enjoying at the moment, learning a lot from it. Um, and that personal development space is a, a really important one. Thank you for the recommendation. And I will pop a link to that book in the show notes so that for anyone listening who is also thinking, oh, that sounded good. If you want to take a look at it, all you'll have to do is click on the link. But that brings me to my final question for today. So back in episode 56, I talked to Pete Colby about collective consultations for redundancies. And as we were talking, we were talking about the fact that it can involve a lot of work and it can feel overwhelming if it's the first time as an in-house HR person you have ever had to handle that situation. So one thing that came up during our conversation was the fact that you haven't got to do it on your own. You can ask the business if you can bring in outside support. So many people listening today may already have HR consultancies that they tap into for that additional support. But (laughs) if they haven't and they think, oh, I really like the sound of Pam, she sounds great and I could do with some extra help right now, what would be the best way of them getting in touch with you, Pam, or finding out more about your business? Yes, certainly. So um, they can drop me an email or they can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn or via my website. I've got the usual uh, contact form on there. Fantastic. So I'll make sure that I put links to your LinkedIn profile and links to your website in the show notes. And I should probably just clarify, it's not just redundancies that you can <laughs> that you can help with. Sorry, it's just because I was thinking of that episode that that sprung to mind. Of course, it's any sort of HR project or challenge or issue that someone may be experiencing that they would be able to tap into your knowledge and expertise and support. Yes, certainly. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Pam. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a little bit better and also having you share all of this fantastic advice and experience with the HR Coffee Time audience. That's been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, that's been great. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Pam today. One thing that I didn't ask her while we were talking was what the name is of her business. It is PM Business Support Services. So I'll make sure that I put a link to her LinkedIn profile and also to her business in the show notes for you. And if like Devon, who I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, you have any ideas for me on what you think would be good for me to cover on HR Coffee Time, please do always let me know. I really want this show to be as helpful and interesting for you as possible. And the best way for me to make sure that I can do that is to hear directly from you. So feel free to get in touch with me anytime. You can always reach me through LinkedIn or by dropping me an email at faye at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful week and I will look forward to being back again next week with the next episode.